You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Would you build a house without a foundation? Would you have a child and not name it? Would you let a stranger squat on your property? No, of course not. So why should the internet be any different? Every week, speak with top domain experts. Learn how to make money with domains. Know your legal rights. Each week, join our expert host to be master of your domain. Right here on Domain Masters. Hey, folks. It's Monty Khan with Domain Masters. Uh... Just got done with the worldwide uh, whirlwind tour in Las Vegas at the Traffic West show. It was pretty uh, pretty cool. Uh, we did a live broadcast last week from Traffic West in Las Vegas, and uh, also uh, tapped into the folks over at the Domain Name Roundtable uh, at uh, in Seattle, and had some live interviews with some customers, and um, and also uh, with uh, with uh, Rob Montgomery, who runs our Traffic Club uh, um, pros, uh, product. And uh, both of which uh, uh, participated, uh, uh, my partner Eric Harrington and Rob participated on panels over there. I was on a panel at Traffic West uh, uh, regarding domain name security and uh, uh, preventing domain name theft. And so both were very good. Um, we're going to recap that for you a little bit further uh, in the show today because I, I was only able to cover the first, uh, I guess, the first day of the show last week. So I'll cover the last uh, two days of each of the shows if I have time. I have a, a really great guest uh, who I heard speak at Traffic West. He was on uh, the legal panel called the um, the, the Four Musketeers, um, Steve Sturgeon, and I'll have him on in a little bit. And Steve um, um, does a lot of the, the regular procedures and litigation um, stuff that uh, you've heard from John Berryhill and Ari Goldberger and, uh, and uh, Stephen Lieberman. In addition, uh, Stephen has some expertise in uh, domain name financing, uh, creative uh, domain name investing, um, and, and uh, um, structuring contracts for domain name investors who want to get involved in domain names and, and have uh, investments in them. And also, uh, he has a unique advantage by having, um, having an office located right where the registry is and has uh, a pretty considerable advantage uh, over any um, registrant uh, that he wins a, a case with because uh, his um, his practice, his law office, is located where the registry is, and he can order the registry to do change of ownership um, and not have to wait for a domain name registrant to change ownership in a UDRP case. Uh, so it's pretty unique. He fights on the behalf of the domainer most of the time and has won some very large cases against uh, Microsoft and AT&T and Johnson & Johnson and Citibank and uh, on behalf of domainers. So it would be great to, to talk to him, and we're going to have him on the, the first part of the show. So hang with me for a couple minutes. We're going to pay some bills, do some commercials. We'll be right back with Steve Sturgeon. A rose by- 
by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R.com. More than a name. Contrary to what your mother told you, you cannot be all things to all people. You can, however, focus on your primary business and ensure your success by outsourcing technical projects to a company who is forward-thinking, solutions-oriented, and works as a complete extension of your organization. No need to do it over and over again. SRK Consulting can develop integrated automation programs, programming in most major languages and operating systems. SRKConsulting.com. Making sure your mother is always proud. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearchMedia.com today. Commercials off. Now back to Domain Masters. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Monty Khan, uh, your host of Domain Masters. Um, I want to introduce my first guest, um, Steve Sturgeon. Steve's been defending domainers for the past six years in both UDRP actions and the federal uh, and state court. Um, during that time, he's won more than 67 UD- UDRP victories and a number of federal court cases for his clients. He enjoys fighting for domainers in their battles against large corporations. For example, as I mentioned before, he's won victories uh, over a number of large corporations, including Microsoft, AT&T, Citibank, Motorola, and Johnson & Johnson, just to name a few. In addition to litigation and litigating in federal courts around the country, one of his offices is located in Virginia, where he litigates in the U.S. District Court of Eastern District of Virginia, which has authority over the principal domain name registry um, um, so that he can uh, result in victories for his clients, irregardless of their geographical location um, of the plaintiff or the defendant. And he's published several articles, and um, I asked Steve to uh, to speak tonight and be on the show because I heard him speak at Traffic West and was extremely impressed uh, with his unique advantage as a as a domain name attorney, and uh, wanted to have him on the show tonight. Steve, uh, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you tonight. So I assume you got back safely. Uh, Steve and I shared a cab together on our way back from Las Vegas after uh, 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 a pretty concentrated day of businesses. Uh, I mean, of business, uh, being on panels and stuff. So uh, I guess you made it back okay, and then uh, are playing uh, catch up just like me for the last couple of days. That's right. That's right. It was a wonderful conference. Um, uh, chance to meet a lot of people, a lot of excited domainers, and uh, talk about all the opportunities there are in the industry. It was a great time. Very well done. Great, great. And um, as you know, we've had uh, several attorneys who you happen to be on the panel with in uh, in Las Vegas, uh, uh, John Berryhill and Ari Goldberger uh, and Howard New, just to name a few. I've had each one of those guys on, and they've been um, the domain lawyer shows and legal shows uh, happen to be some of the most popular because uh, a lot of uh, our clients and a lot of the listeners pick up a few things that they didn't know before about uh, domain name-related law issues, how to set up corporations, and one of the... Uh, one of the interesting things that I heard you uh, um, say at the show is um, you talked a lot about setting some investment opportunities for outside investors um, um, as a showcase and um, you know a way for domainers and domain domain investment uh, interest to uh, get involved in the business. How how um, how has been your experience in that, and how does it um, how how does one go about getting involved in that industry? Well, it's an exciting time. It was an exciting topic, a major topic during the conference to talk about. Uh, the opportunities that we have as domainers now that we're starting to see a good, steady, mature growth of the value of domain names. Of course, we had the speculative boom a few years ago, the boom and bust with other dot-coms, but now the domains are showing steady revenue, uh, steady increases. Over the past few months, we've seen some nice price increases, and uh, I think we have an opportunity here, uh, an opportunity to bring financing into the picture so that instead of just putting up our own $50,000 to buy a domain, we can put up $10,000 and have the rest financed and leverage our money and make more and uh, 
uh, get more investors bidding up the prices and help all of us. So, so how would uh, a typical domainer become part of a venture and, and make money in this type of uh, in this in this part of the business? Well, one way is by getting loans uh, on the domain names. Um, domain names can now be used as collateral now that we know more about the legalities. Now that the courts have worked out the legalities, and uh, a domain name can be collateral. Traditional banks aren't familiar with it, of course, but uh, some more aggressive investors are interested in making loans with domains as collateral uh, so that you can get a loan, pay interest, and uh, have a mortgage just like a mortgage on your house. But the most exciting is to have more of a joint venture. I think that will attract more investors. Uh, probably the best way to structure it would be to have a limited liability company. Uh, the domainer would put in a domain name. An investor would put in some cash, and there would be a concentrated effort to develop the domain name uh, to get the revenue increased. It could be fairly raw, undeveloped domain name right now. We could develop it, get more revenue, get a steady stream of revenue. That'll increase the value and in a couple of years sell off. Um, I think we need some showcase examples to show outside investors. I've been talking to quite a few. They're interested, but they're a little bit uncertain. They haven't seen any documented well-documented successes, and I think we can put together a few showcases here, a few examples um, where we take a raw domain name, develop it, develop it well, increase the revenue, and increase the price and increase the profit for the domainer as well as the investor, and that will attract other investors. Right. Now, um, um how so? So the, the becoming part of this um, this venture uh, is one part. The other part is developing um, that that uh, that domain name into a business. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about how you envision the development being done, and who will be the, who will uh, do the development, and etc. Well, this will be a project that'll help all of us, and I hope that a lot of domainers will uh, will want to be involved and want to have a voice in this. I've talked with a. Uh, a lot of domainers already. There's a lot of interest in this because it'll help all of us. Um, to develop the domain name, we need to find some good developers. Some of the domainers may have had good experience developing the revenue. They may know of other developers, uh, know how to find other developers, and developers will be uh, started. Uh, it's, it's going to be a growing business. So um, one way that your listening audience and domainers can assist is just by giving us some ideas of good developers, or if you've developed some good domain names, let us know, and we'll get some investment to you and let you show your stuff and develop these domain names to really profitable assets. Okay. So those that own some uh, good, valuable domain-related properties, um, it sounds like you have a channel into people that are interested in investing into the, pro- in, into the projects and then having everyone share in, the, uh, in both the benefit and the reward from it. That's right. That's right. It's going to be a win-win situation, and all of us domainers will benefit as the investors come in. We can leverage our money. We can do more development, and uh, we can all have increases in the values of our domain names and, uh, and uh, have a boom industry here. Right. And, um, and so are there several people backing um, this initiative on, um, from your side, from your client base, that, uh, that have a considerable amount of money uh, ready to, to start building these projects and start loaning um, you know, uh, people money based off of their domain name values? Yes, yes, yes. There are investors ready. Uh, okay, there's great. Some, some uncertainty because this is a new type investment, um, and legalities have just been hashed out. And there are risks. There are trademark risks and property title risks and all. But now that the industry's matured a little bit, uh, they're starting to feel more comfortable. And um, um, with a couple of showcases, with a couple of documented successes, I think we're going to see a lot of investment because there's just a lot of potential here. We've all been reading about some of the great sales that have been made just off raw domain names, uh, nice profits, nice increases. And uh, we know the inside of it. We domainers know the inside and how it works and um, get some other investors, educate them, familiarize themselves with it, and uh, we'll have more investors and more people in the industry to help all of us. Now, are you able to name anybody that's behind this project with you, um, anybody that uh, some of the domain community may know about and uh, know of? 
Not right now. Uh, we will as we, we move ahead. Um, so everybody wants to stay kind of behind the scenes until um, that's right. Until there's some uh, projects up, uh, up underway. Well, the good news is is that there's there's uh, there's people that are interested and um, and this is a reality. And of course, uh, 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 hearing Mark speak as the keynote speaker, um, um, we were able to hear uh, some of the money that uh, his investment group is throwing into the domain name industry and buying domain names and investing in them as well. So. Yeah, it's interesting that traditional venture capital companies, you may have noticed at the conference, kept talking about investing in a business. Well, we're asking people to invest in raw land, like a piece of undeveloped real estate, and then we'll develop it, we'll put a shopping center on it and increase the value. Um, A lot of people have made a lot of money in investing in real estate that's well-positioned, and here we can uh, invest in the real estate of the future, now that we're moving to an information age, we'll uh, have a piece of the Internet, and as the Internet grows, our real estate will grow in value. So uh, there's tremendous opportunity. Right. Well, that's great. Um, now, something else that was interesting at the conference where um, I, I haven't really heard uh, um, an advantage before, you happen to have um, uh, an office in, I guess, uh, Virginia, and um, you have a considerable advantage when winning uh, not only UDRP cases but any kind of legal suit with uh, domain names involved on behalf of plaintiffs or complainants. And um, I was real interested in hearing um, how uh, you've been able to get to use the federal court in Virginia to uh, decide cases and then um, work directly with the registry um, to, uh, to enforce uh, a decision and not have to rely on a registrant if they're a foreign entity. That's right. That's right. It's a remarkable power that the Virginia courts have, and uh, a lot of people in other countries wonder why it is that they have to abide by U.S. law and have a U.S. court determine their ownership of the domain name. But that's the way it is. The registry is here in Virginia for many of the registry, uh, many of the uh, domain names, the .coms, the .nets, etc., with Verisign and some others. Now, so, now you can you can also. Um... I guess command a dot biz because new levels based there, correct? That's right. Yes. And yes. Um, Affilius, although is a foreign um, set up as a foreign entity, they have presence in Virginia. Can you also rule over dot info? Um, no, that's one that's outside of Virginia, the, the registry. Okay, because um, I know that they do have an office in Virginia um, because they use the uh, backbone of PER, um, right. you know, the dot org uh, network. Um, and vice versa, so they, they do have offices there, but in uh, jurisdiction would, is foreign in that particular case. That's right, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, a, so, so explain how this process works. So um, if, you, if you become um, a winner of a case, uh, just, just walk us through the process. Sure. Um, it's different from most court cases. More, most court cases, you have to have jurisdiction over the person. The person has to be in the state. You have to deliver the court papers to them and have them appear, and you have jurisdiction over them. This is an in-rem jurisdiction, uh, the Latin, the thing, jurisdiction over a thing. It's used in real estate property, and now it's being used in domain names, that you have jurisdiction over the little data bits that are in the main registry. And if I can get a judge to issue an order with respect to that thing, that domain name, then it can be transferred from one person to another. The procedure is that a court um, uh, complaint lawsuit is filed. Um, you need to use some effort, your best efforts, to try to contact the owner, but if it's impossible to contact the owner, the court will let you go ahead with the proceeding, and um, a decision can be rendered uh, with respect to that property, and ownership can be transferred from one person to another. Okay, so there's a and this this in this, so if there's a UDRP case, right, um, and there's um, there's a failure to comply, right? Do you wait for compliance before you before you pull the trigger on the registry, or do you just automatically pull the trigger on the registry? You can do either. Um, you usually wait for compliance uh, first, but um, the Cyber Squatting Act of a few years ago provides that. Uh, in a UDRP action or in other similar types of actions, um, you can get a judgment that will reverse the UDRP decision or reverse the transfer. And the wording is that you can require the transfer of a domain name or require it to be transferred back um, 
based on the Cyber Squatting Act. So uh, the UDRP, of course, is an administrative proceeding, administrative judge, and the next step, if you want to reverse that, is to go to federal court and get a judgment with respect to the cyber squatting law, and then that can be enforced on the domain name in the registry database right. or the registrar's database. Right, right. So, so in UDRP cases, um, um, it's probably less common that you would have to pull uh, rank with the registry because the registrars are required to comply with a decision. Right. And assuming that you can be in touch with a registrar uh, or, or that uh, the arbitration group can or the UDRP uh, group can uh, to give that ruling and within the 10-day period of time make sure that the do- that domain name is transferred to the, com- uh, to the winner of that case or it remains with the, uh, with the, with the uh, defendant. That's right. But in, where I see a big advantage is the U.S. trademark cases where um, a, a violating, um, a violating um, 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 you know, loser of a case would be located anywhere else. Right. And therefore, you would have jurisdiction over the registry, and that um, as long as it's a .com or .net or .biz or um, .org domain name, since they're all located in Virginia, right. um, you'd be able to move that domain name quickly as soon as there's a ruling and not have to worry about who the registrant is. That's right. And even overturn the decision that if uh, my client doesn't like the UDRP decision, then we can file an action here in federal court to basically reverse the decision based on federal laws to point out that my client is not a cyber squatter or that the other guy is a cyber squatter and uh, get the domain name back to my client uh, just by filing the suit and getting a judge to make the order with respect to the domain name here at the registry in Virginia. Right. Now, now something else that we discussed uh, when we were in the cab is that um, unlike a UDRP case where there are three things that have to be um, uh, proven, you know, you have to prove that, uh, you know, your, your, mark, your, your domain name is uh, confusingly similar to uh, someone's brand and identity, that the, that the domain name um, registration was malicious in, in nature, and that you don't have a right to own that domain name. Right. In terms of your course of business, right. but in a, but in but in federal court cases, um, you have to you have to you have to you, there's many more things that are proven or many more things that you can go on. That's right. So, what are some examples that are in addition to the things that I just mentioned in the UDRP case that are decided between uh, you know an arbitration forum? Yeah, that's right. That basically in a UDRP, you have three things to prove in order to prove the guy's a cyber squatter and the domain name should be transferred. But under the federal laws, it's harder to prove that somebody's a cyber squatter because there are eight or ten different criteria that you look at. Um, And it's sort of a weighing of the evidence, a weighing of the scales. And uh, just because of the way the law is written, it's harder to prove somebody's a cyber squatter under the federal law than it is under the UDRP. So... um, UDRP was had a lot of influence of the trademark owners, as we know, and people think it's a little bit slanted against the domainer uh, in favor of the trademark owners. But once you get to the federal court, it's harder for a trademark owner to take away the domain name. It's harder for them to prove that somebody's a cyber squad just because of the way the law is written. Okay. Um... Um, now, one of the big questions that's popping up on, in our in our chat room is, okay, so let's talk about what the cost of that is. So, a typical cost for for our UDRP case and you know, for you to, do, to to work on behalf of a client, and then what happens with these reverse decisions in terms of costs? What's a domain name a domain case like this particularly cost with you? And uh, 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 you know, assuming that you would be able to reverse this or or file something federally with uh, with the registry, right? Um, we work on an hourly basis. Um, we do a lot of our projects on a uh, fixed fee basis, but for court actions, we have to use an hourly basis because it's hard to predict. And we usually ask for a retainer of a few thousand dollars, around 5000 and we proceed. And usually the cases settle fairly quickly, or we get a decision if the other person doesn't appear. And sometimes we end up giving some of the retainer back if we don't use it up. So... Um, it's it's really a fairly modest price considering the value of some of these domain names. Right, right. So minimum retainer is five thousand dollars. If if there's a no show or a very quick decision, lots of times there's a portion of that retainer returned. 
That's and right. what's um, what's been the extent of maybe one of the most expensive cases that you've handled? Uh, how how deep did it go? Mm, well, it can go up to a hundred thousand dollars or so, um, but that's unusual because once you sit down in front of the judge and lay out your case, the judge puts a lot of pressure on you early in the proceeding to settle and. You go into another room and you work out a deal. Call up your client and have an agreement. So if a company is just really an intense uh, fighter and doesn't ever want to give up, then it could go up to 100000 or so, but you can always quit. You can always settle. You can always make an agreement prior to that, and you can also get financing. I mean, if a domainer doesn't have 100000 to fight, there are ways of financing it with contingency for the lawyers and investment from investors, and there are ways of defending it, even if the corporation is intensely uh, um, uh, litigious and wants to just fight all the way through, that there are ways of doing it. And uh, I encourage people to uh, consider all alternatives and fight for these domain names because they're getting more and more valuable. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like that. Um... Sounds like uh, so. It sounds like in general, it's a pretty reasonable cost when you value the, your your online asset and your property, and uh, right. and um, you can, um, you know, you can uh, defend the case and even reverse a decision that's gone against you, um, if that's the case. That's right. Great, um, Steve. I'd like to uh, just take a quick commercial uh, and come back to you, and then we can talk about some of the contract, the creative contracts that you've done for domain name sales and right. uh, financing uh, domain names and. Um, um, some of the other things that you're working on. Is that okay? Terrific. Okay, we'll be back in a couple minutes. There's nothing quite as rewarding as feeling in complete control. To experience this level of power on the web, visit blowsearch.com. Let us give you, the search engine advertiser, what other engines simply don't. Complete control over your pay-per-click advertising. Blow away your competitors' IPs today and select the sites you want to receive traffic from while accurately tracking your ROI with blowsearch.com. Blowsearch.com. Finally, pay-per-click search advertising you control. Do you sell a product or service with monster potential in the online market? Then attack the opportunity to turn your dreams into reality. Equipped with flexible e-commerce software from MonsterCommerce.com. You'll possess complete control of your store, including your storefront's design, maintenance of your products, and management of your online orders. And all with the technical support and service. Available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Grow your business today with MonsterCommerce.com. So they got pretty good food here, huh? Uh-huh. Listen, I just got a new check from a program I joined. Oh, yeah? What effective CPM are they paying you? That's the salt. Not sure. They just send me a check, not a detailed breakout. Are you joking? No. There's lots of ways to make money, but you need to be the master of your own destiny. With ValueClick Media, I instantly adopted a national sales force that delivers recognizable ads with high CPM payouts. Mm. Plus, their new interface lets me control the ads I want to run and mm. tells me how much I earn from each advertiser. Wow. And that sound better? Pass the pepper. Wow. Thanks for the tip. I'm going to give value. Click Media, try. Join the ad network publishers trust most. Apply today at valueclickmedia.com. Commercials off. Now back to Domain Masters. Hey, folks, welcome back to the show. Uh, my guest, um, just continuing my interview with my guest, Steve Sturgeon, and uh, uh, we're talking about some um, some really different domain legal issues uh, that Steve's worked on, uh, one being um, uh, his power. Uh, in the Virginia Federal Court of obtaining a decision and enforcing that decision over the registries. And so we just spoke about that. Hey, Steve, uh, while I have you, are you able to name any kind of famous uh, reversal decisions um, by domain name that, uh, that have come up from uh, using this power over the registry? Um, well, I won one, um, heels.com, H-E-E-L-S.com, kind of a generic term. Um, I fought one with Walmart, um, and we we had a settlement. Uh, Walmart's a tough one to fight against. Um, was the settlement in your favor um, for on behalf of Walmart, or I mean, were you defending Walmart or a domainer I, against? I like to defend the domainers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> so I was helping a guy who had uh, the domain name Sam's Club uh, in England. Um, oh wow! He had, he had, did he have samsclub.com or .co.uk? It was .com, and. It was, samsclub.com, because his daughter 
uh, was named Samantha, and they had a store for a long time, and they had good priorities. So we settled that one. Um, and um, um, let's see, what are some others? Um, and the heels, the heels decision. What was that? Uh, what were the, some of the details around that decision? Yeah, um, there was a company in Germany, based in Germany, that had the de- uh, trademark on the word heels, H-E-E-L-S. And my client um, had the domain name Heels, a generic term, and he was from North Carolina, where they have the Tar Heels. Oh, and uh, oh, yeah. so um, the German company won the UDRP, uh, and then we appealed it to federal court here and got a very nice settlement for the client. Uh, the German company ended up buying it rather than fighting through litigation. And did that settlement, in, in these particular examples that you're giving, did the settlement not only cover the legal costs of, yes. uh, of the domain name, but actually put uh, a considerable amount of money in the pocket of the owner of the domain name? That's right. That's oh. right, yeah. Well, that's good news. That's worth, yeah. a, that's worth a fight, I guess. Absolutely. Um, oh, great. Yeah, yeah, and I can usually give a good prediction to the client of what it's likely to settle for based on the strength of the case because, you know, the big corporations do things logically. They don't want to spend $75,000 when they can buy a domain name for $30,000. Right. So um, they, they settle and avoid the legal expense. Um, one of the folks on the, on, the, on the chat room is asking, just give us a rough cost of what the Sam's Club case costs the, the particular um, the domain owner that you were defending. Well, you know, I was doing that on a contingency basis, and um, um, he didn't have much money. And we did it on a shoestring, and uh, he got a payment, and I got a payment. We were both happy. Oh, great. So, uh, so it was based off of whether you're one or not. That's right. We can do contingencies, yeah. Okay, great, great. Well, that, that answers that question. Yeah. Well, let's go into another thing that's of great interest to, to everybody. Um, as, as the sales uh, environment picks up and the domain values are picking up, obviously um, um, there's uh, contracts that are involved for domain name sales. Uh, we've been involved with thousands of domain name sales uh, and uh, escrow agreements and uh, or escrow um, um, transactions, and some co- sometimes um, there's contracts needed and sometimes there's not, and sometimes the contracts get quite complicated. What are some of the key points that can be negotiated to make a deal more attractive uh, to the buyer of a domain name, in right. your opinion? Right. Um, early on, as you know, a lot of domainers just had the attitude, I want to sell this domain name and I don't ever want to be bothered with it again, and so I'm not going to give any warranties. You buy it as it is. You take the risk. But a buyer out there, if he's not very knowledgeable about the industry, wonders what kind of skeletons there are in the closet and what kind of lawsuits are going to come after him or what's for, going to happen. For example, so, if, if he's been contacted by a previous trademark owner that could come back at another time and really right. create a problem, so on and so forth. Yeah, that, uh, we all know that you know, sometimes when a cease and desist letter comes, the very next day the guy will put it on the market and try to sell it and get rid of it. Uh, but but there are ways of making it more attractive to the buyer, and when you make it more attractive to the buyer, he's going to pay more. If he doesn't know what the risks are and he's just taking it as is, he might give a low price for it. But if the domainer can make a few warranties and guarantees, he's going to feel more comfortable and he's going to be willing to pay more. So here's some risks. One is the trademark risk. Um, the domainer can make a simple warranty saying that I have not received any cease and desist letters uh, for the entire time I've owned the domain name, or he, the domainer is not aware of any trademark claims or trademark uh, uh, contests that are with respect to that domain name. It's a simple warranty, but it really puts the buyer at ease. Another is with respect to the title. Um, the owner can uh, warrant and guarantee that he has good title for it, that he hasn't stolen it over the past month, and he's not selling hot merchandise. Uh, that's an easy one. Um, with respect to the um, performance, uh, something new we're starting to see is that sales are based on performance. And right, uh, and, and specifically, like, uh, for instance, the Marchex deal that was based on some kind of performance based off of uh, traffic PPC um, exactly. ratings and so on and so forth. There's a lot of purchase deals going on, going down with those uh, particular um, metrics in mind. That's right. That's right. Um, with sort of an earnout is the term that's often used, that uh, the domainer gets a certain amount now, 
and if it performs like it's supposed to, he'll get another amount. If it performs less than it's supposed to, then he'll get less amount. And there can be all kinds of sharing of the risk there, but that'll make a buyer more comfortable. If uh, the domainer feels comfortable enough that it's going to produce good revenue, he can make a warranty that'll make it much more attractive to the buyer and share some of the risk. Right, right. All right, so those are some good points. And then, um, you know, when you do, you, I sure you have some um, some standard templates. Do you work uh, a lot for the domain sales uh, transactions that are going down right now? I mean, do you, yes. is that is that a part of your business that you specialize in? Yes. Okay. Yes. There are a lot of a lot of issues to be negotiated uh, as these are getting to be more complex and more valuable. And um, you know, in, in addition to just a straight sale, there can be joint ventures, as I mentioned earlier, with a uh, joint ownership, uh, and those can be very attractive to a domainer. That the uh, domainer can put his domain name into a LLC. He might get twenty-five thousand dollars back in cash, and he'll own a percentage of the LLC that'll be developed with outside money and increase earnings and increase the asset. So he'll win on both fronts. He'll get twenty-five thousand dollars in his pocket and. You'll get part of the profit as the uh, domain name increases in value and produces revenue. Right, right. And that jumps into some of the financing of, of domain names and obtaining finance money for development to, you know, to increase revenue and increase the value of a domain name over time. Right, right, right. Just lots of ways of structuring it. Um, LLCs are wonderful, but you can structure different percentages of revenue shared between the domainer and the investor, different percentages of the profit, some will take upside risk. Some will take downside risk. You can have guarantees. You can have options to purchase. You can have an arrangement that when uh, you find a buyer for $500,000, then the domainer can cash out or he can stay in. Uh, just lots and lots of options here. So whatever the domainer wants, we can structure it, and then we just need to find an investor who will be willing to make the deal with those terms that the domainer asks for. Right, right. Yeah, and that's, um, um, in the past, I used to um, recommend to my clients that uh, they not get involved in lease-to-own type transactions or, you know, renting of domain names, uh, you know, as test periods because, um, you know, building a brand on a domain name that you don't have a right to becomes quite risky um, if it's not um, if it's not yours. That's right. And uh, now I'm changing my tune because of uh, the way that domain names are being considered uh, as property, some of the recent decisions and so, uh, of such that they're property, and some of the valuations of, of property values and, their, of course, their appreciation value. And uh, I totally agree that there, uh, I agree with you that um, there's all kinds of creative ways now to get involved in this business and to be a part of uh, something that's growing and as exciting as, uh, as it is in our business to uh, you know, get in the domain name industry. Absolutely. Just fantastic opportunities. There's a window of opportunity here. We're starting to see good, steady, mature growth, and uh, it was wonderful opportunities. Right, everybody. right. And just uh, just as a side note, um, I met some folks at the at the Traffic West show, and they're starting the, f- the first domain name pawn um, shop, basically. Um, and even though it's not uh, it's not at um, a very you know considerable attractive bank rates, um, like uh, like going and borrowing money from a bank. It is probably one of the first steps in getting um, a value of, of um, you know value of cash based off of the value of your domain name, mm-hmm. and um, you know if you need money for a short period of time, um, and uh, your domain name is worth a certain um, a certain amount, um, you have a safe way to to, to borrow against that uh, that domain name, get some cash, and then pay it back. That's right. And so we're going to be involved actually in the appraisal values of those particular uh, transactions and also offering that to our customers. And I think this is the first step in, um, you know, getting banks to realize that these things uh, can be loaned against and that uh, they are true assets and have appraisal values that are real just like property. As a matter of fact, we've had two transactions uh, over the last couple of years where a bank has loaned money based off of valuations. They were not U.S.-based uh, banks but foreign banks. Right. And yeah. um, so I think that things are getting very, very exciting, especially with the um, when you throw in the aspect of PPC revenue and um, guaranteed contracts and minimum payouts that are getting received. It's the same as money anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I've looked into your appraisal uh, uh, mechanism. You have a really very sophisticated appraisal mechanism that should work very well for uh, potential investors. 
Yeah, yeah. So far, it's working, and we get uh, we get a lot of data from a, a number of different places that uh, we consider to be experts in the area, and then put it all together in an appraisal product that's uh, really grown over time. We we uh, invented the appraisal model for the entire industry basically back in 1998, 1999, and um, it's grown quite a bit. It was only based off of you know four major or five major points back then, and now it's uh, up to 18 major factors, and uh, which takes into account what's going on in the industry, including you know PPC revenues and search relevance and uh, and uh, how how um, um, present are the terms within a domain name across the entire industry and zone files and all kinds of interesting stuff that really puts more value characteristics on the domain name. And then the most important part is um, having a comparable sales database that has like names that you are praising. Mm-hmm. And so you can start using, you know, appraisal uh, processes and comparisons based off of house values when you're appraising a house. The same can be held true for, um, for domain names. That's terrific. Yeah, it's things like that. As we, as we get more sophisticated in the industry, as we have good appraisals, as the legalities are hashed out in the courts, as we know more about collateral and property ownership rights and how to properly appraise, now that we're getting more certainty in the industry with respect to that, that's what's making it more comfortable for investors to come in that will make a, a nice boom for all of us. It will help all of us in the industry. Now, I understand you spoke. Uh, is, is it true you spoke at the United Nations uh, Task Force uh, yeah. regarding uh, Internet governance? I'm on a committee, yes, that's exploring that. Um, there have been outcries around the country uh, for something other than a U.S.-dominated Internet. So the U.N. has established a committee task force to examine um, how it's currently governed and make some recommendations for future governance and future policies. It's a fascinating process because, as you can imagine, people in other countries are very upset about the U.S. domination of the industry, and um, there is talk about making some changes and ways of changing things and ways of establishing the policies. A lot of controversy surrounding ICANN, and uh, ICANN is devoting a lot of its resources now to dealing with a lot of the issues that are being raised by people around the world with respect to how things should be governed in the future. Right. Now, let, let me get your just uh, your not your legal opinion and then as a, you know, someone that's really involved in the domain industry, um there seems to be a consensus uh um you know, among some registrars that ICANN needs to even get more you know, get in more control of this industry and put a little bit more regulation on what's going on and I think that stems from um, you know all the little tiny registrars that are out there that don't have customer service and don't have people behind the registrar that they're just fronts for the drop and domain expired market um, so they they want ICANN to get more involved there on the other hand um, from our aspect uh, um, we, we we don't want to be melded into what all the other registrars are doing, so we're letting the market speak and our customers speak on some of the products and services they want to um, um, have within a registrar. So we're the first registrar that uh, is incorporating domain name sales and escrow services in its uh, in its offering. Um, we always have done that, and um, domain evaluations and things that are treating domain names more like assets. To what extent do you think ICANN needs to get more involved in our business and, and in regulation and what and where do they need to lay off and stay away so that that companies like mine, you know, Moniker.com can differentiate itself and uh, you know differentiate itself from the rest of the pack and, and offer things that our customers are asking for versus what ICANN says is okay to offer? Well, I think that more regulation is inevitable. That you see it in every industry, that it starts out as a cowboy a wild west and very few rules that are enforced, and everybody just does uh, does creative things. It's inevitable that there will be more regulation, and I think that's that's coming both from the federal government, federal laws, as well as ICANN. Um, ICANN has tended to be reactive more than proactive, that they have so many people complaining and so many different strident voices yelling for different things that, They've been sort of reactive. Um, and a lot of it's just going to be uh, the political influence of various constituencies. Uh, just like um, with laws that are enacted in the U.S., the U.S. Congress, that trademark owners, they have a big lobby group. Um, uh, 
other people have various lobby groups, and they just lobby to try to get their uh, uh, their, their desires felt. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a great need for one or more lobby groups of registrars. Um, when you get down to it, the registrars have a lot of power uh, that's not really been uh, aggressively, uh, uniformly coalesced into a voice that can speak for registrars. So in answer to your question, um, it's going to be a matter of uh, politics, like with everything, that uh, um, various forces will try to put pressure on the federal government to enact laws. Various forces will put pressure on ICANN to change the rules and the regulations. And um, we're just going to take it a step at a time. I, I really don't have any specific predictions about where the regulation is going to be and where it's not. It's just inevitable that in the industries that there is uh, continuing increasing regulation as time goes by, and All right. uh, exactly what it'll be, we'll, we'll wait and see. On the federal side, do you have any feel for, you know, or do you foresee any um, rulings or any increased involvement uh, in the federal government in the way they are treating domain names or the Internet in general that uh, can affect us and our, and our business, both, both positive really or negative? There's nothing are being discussed right now. Um, um, as, you, as you know, the Traffic West Conference, uh, aggregated some money from the um, the uh, cost of the event to hire a lobbyist who will be doing specifically that, looking at ways that domainers can be represented and domainers can have their voices heard. Right. Well, and, just by the way, just so I can state this, but uh, we were successful in raising about $50,000 uh, thus far yeah. um, for this lobbyist. And uh, although that doesn't seem like a lot, it was just from one small conference, you know, I mean, well, we shouldn't say small, a uh, small gathering of 200 people that uh, represented, uh, you know, some of the top 200 domain name holders in the entire world, but a pretty powerful group, but put together $50,000 out of their pockets uh, from the donations from the show, and at least getting a lobbyist uh, on uh, to get involved on behalf of domainers, so that's a good first step. Yeah, and I just want to publicly commend Moniker and applaud Moniker's contribution to that. You were a major, a major, um, player in the conference and financing and sponsoring various things, and you, you're really on our side. I was impressed by the security of your system and your aggressive approach to things. And uh, Well, I appreciate uh, that, and uh, we, we actually supported both uh, the Traffic West Conference and the Domain Name Roundtable and feel it's important um, to, you know, for the first time in history to have two conferences going on uh, and to have them going on at the same time, for that matter, but to have them going on representing our industry and uh, having some 400-some-odd people or so uh, at two different locations in two different cities at the same time, all on domain-related issues, domain name opportunities, valuations, PPC opportunities, all the things that are going on in our business and our industry, was uh, I think it's pretty exciting. It is. It is. It shows the maturity of the industry and the future of the industry. We're growing and will continue to grow. All right. All right. Well, that's great. Well, Steve, um, how do people get in touch with you and how do they engage in your services? Um, I'm going to be putting up your uh, short profile and uh, uh, and your link to your website and everything up on our domain um, partners page, which actually has resources uh, for a number of the um, 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 partners in our industry and the legal resource section at the bottom of that page. Um, But what's the best way people can contact you in case they want to get involved in uh, reversing a UDRP decision or or creating a creative financing contract or getting some of that investment money that you're standing behind to to get involved in their project? Yeah. Um, uh, Give me an email, steve at domainnamelawyers.com or call me on my toll-free number, 1-800-STURGEON. S-T-U-R-G-E-O-N. It's easy to remember and uh, gets right to me. Okay, so that's Steve at DomainNameLawyers.com? Right. Or All right, I'm going to post it, on the, I'm going to post it on, the, on the board, and then the 1-800 number again is? 1-800-STURGEON. All right. That's a good name to get. Yeah. <laughs> easy to remember. Yeah, definitely. All right, Steve. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you. I really appreciate all your time, and I will definitely have you back on the show, as I have with the, uh, the other attorneys, to cover the, the issues at hand, and uh, really appreciate your support of the industry and uh, your unique approach. Uh, it's, uh, it's one that uh, a lot of the attorneys that we have on aren't able to um, um, take advantage of because they don't have their offices in the, in the registry jurisdiction, so uh, it's a great uh, feather in your cap. Well, it's a pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Um, 
hang on, everybody. I'll be back with uh, just a show wrap up, and we'll cover uh, some of the little the events um, um, from the last two conferences uh, from last week, and uh, and then we'll uh, um, uh, end the show and uh, talk about next week. I'll be on in a couple minutes. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R.com. More than a name. Contrary to what your mother told you, you cannot be all things to all people. You can, however, focus on your primary business and ensure your success by outsourcing technical projects to a company who is forward-thinking, solutions-oriented, and works as a complete extension of your organization. No need to do it over and over again. SRK Consulting can develop integrated automation programs, programming in most major languages and operating systems. SRKConsulting.com, making sure your mother is always proud. There's nothing quite as rewarding as feeling in complete control. To experience this level of power on the web, visit BlowSearch.com. Let us give you, the search engine advertiser, what other engines simply don't. Complete control over your pay-per-click advertising. Blow away your competitors' IPs today and select the sites you want to receive traffic from while accurately tracking your ROI with BlowSearch.com. BlowSearch.com. Finally, pay-per-click search advertising you control. Hello, guys. Welcome, uh, welcome back to the show. Um, well, and I want to thank again Steve Sturgeon for his time tonight. And uh, and um, I was, uh, of course, impressed with him when I heard him speak on the on the legal panel uh, at Traffic West. And I know he'll be a valuable resource to anyone. If anybody needs to get a hold of him, I've t- posted his uh, his address, his email address, and his phone number on the uh, on the chat room. And, of course, you can email me at monty at moniker.com at any time. I can help you with any of the, the resources the, that have spoken at, uh, at, uh, during any of the radio shows that we've put on. And also, of course, everything's going to be archived and has been archived so far, uh, and it's available at moniker.com in the radio archive section right on the front page. Um, I just wanted to briefly recap um, um, the, the, both conferences last week. Uh, for those of you that missed the live, um, the live show, um, last week, where we broadcasted live from the event and went over the daily activities of of the first day of the show, and then um, went over to Seattle and uh, spoke uh, to the folks over there and listened to what was going on as well. So uh, at Traffic West um, um, after Wednesday, uh, which included uh, a pretty exciting, you know, the highlight of that of that particular day was listening to a seminar from a lot of the venture capital groups, including Marchex, um, about domain name acquisitions and kind of the modeling that they're doing regarding acquiring domain names um, um, and some of the complexities around evaluating those domain names and some of the creative deals they're trying to structure for um, um, purchasing domain names, whether they want the um, people that are involved in the domain names to come along with the project and with the purchase or don't want them to come along. And uh, there was a lot of interesting questions and comments regarding that. Um, the, the part that I took out, you know, the most important piece that I took from that particular seminar is, first of all, seeing five or six VC companies and and also Marchex, who was responsible for the largest domain name purchase transaction in history of $164 million, um, stand up on a panel together to talk about how they're getting into this uh, business in a big way is extremely exciting for our industry. So um, those of you that hold domain names and own them, um, it's very important to note that uh, the, the industry is getting recognized as PPC rates and online advertising continues to increase. Uh, people are finding more value in domain name and domain name related properties. And uh, as we've always um, had the position that domain names are truly assets, they're the foundation of the Internet, they're your identity, your online brand. Uh, we also learned from um, hearing the keynote speaker at that event, which is uh, Mark Ostrowski. Um, he's the president of Internet REIT, um, and that's IREIT. Uh, dot com. That's I R E I T dot com. Um, he was the famous person that sold business dot com uh, to uh, e companies um, um, business dot com group and retained a part ownership in that transaction and also sold it for seven and a half million dollars, a part in stock and part in cash. Uh, rumor has it it was majority in stock and 
and uh, and a little bit of cash. It's uh, more like uh, a million and a half in cash and the rest in stock. And, of course, a couple of years ago, it looked like to be a South deal, a deal that was going South. But uh, Business.com is now one of the largest online portals for uh, for business and uh, is a business uh, portal for um, anyone that wants to get themselves known um, um, you know, on the web and as a as a resource, so it's turning out to be a very good transaction for him. And he's representing uh, a number of uh, family, uh, you know, particular group of family money, and uh, they've made a commitment of putting in some two hundred and fifty million to five hundred million dollars into this business, into this industry of acquiring domain names. And one of the key things that I got out of his message was that it's a good idea to always take some money off the table. It's okay to sell some of your domain names, even though they're valuable, uh, so that you're not leaving all your eggs in one basket. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, some some domainers have the attitude that they want to hold on to the domain names um, forever, and uh, there's no price at which they will sell. But um, we all own property, and we all own um, businesses, and we all own, um, um, you know, things that are of value for um, sometimes uh, getting getting um, paid for that value at some point. So Mark's main message was, hey, it's okay to take some value off the table. It's okay to sell some domain names, put that money back into your investments, diversify yourself, um, and um, because things can change uh, suddenly in the market. We could have another, um, you know, another catastrophe, another um, another um, 9-11 type incident, and uh, we could hit a lull for a little while before things pick up again. Um, so stay invested in the domain name industry, and also uh, it may be a good idea to sell. Um, on Thursday at traffic um, uh, after the the breakfast, uh, I participated on a handle with uh, on a panel with uh, Direct Nick and Fabulous, um, and we of course covered one of the hottest issues in our in our business, which is this domain hijacking situation. And uh, um, we really went through a lot of the things that uh, uh, that our registrars do to protect their customer. Um, and um, I would like to, to you know commend our staff at moniker.com. I think that we have the very highest in security. I'm not trying to to plug us on the on the air here, but I just want to want to let everyone know those of you that were at Traffic West, uh, I think everybody walked away that um, knowing that um, we are truly doing the very best in in domain protection. We've probably were the only one on that panel that has never lost a domain name and uh have more um protection um, mechanisms in place to protect domain names from being hijacked than anyone else in the industry, and that comes of great value, especially after listening to a uh, a seminar from um, venture capitalists and uh, and um, domain investors about how valuable your domain names are. So um, it's a, I owe it to my company and our and our processes and our and our people for protecting everyone's domain names and their assets. And um, then we listened to, of course, the lawyers on the rever- reverse hijackings and, and, of course, had Ari Goldberger and John Berryhill and Steve Sturgeon and Howard Nuon and uh, covered a number of uh, various issues regarding domain name hijacking, how to get names back, and uh, a few registrars were named as uh, being the, the, the ones that are contributing to, um, to the problems in our industry, and uh, I'm sure everyone knows who some of those people are, but... Um, I walked away with a very good feeling about our industry, about the show in general, and uh, very confident in our in our business and the way that we're serving our customers and uh, the future of our business. And after speaking to uh, Eric, my partner, and um, and the folks I sent over to Seattle, um, the same sentiment is true over there. Where domain name valuations came up, and um, uh, we participated on panels on driving PPC revenue into your pocket and uh, the value of domain names and domain name sales and escrow transactions, and and kind of the issue that I covered with Steve about how I can is uh, is. Um, probably stuck between a rock and a hard place in terms of its governance and, and its regulation and where they should really be stepping up and regulating the industry and where they should let things be um, free market. And um, so I um, I think I can clearly heard a message um, uh, from that panel that in some cases there's more regulation needed, but in other cases we all as registrars need to be able to differentiate ourselves and offer products and services that meet our customers' needs. So um should be very interesting. The next uh, large domain show coming up is, of course, uh, Traffic East, which is in Boynton Beach or Delray Beach, Florida. Um, people can go to targetedtraffic.com and go look at that show. I suggest that any of you that are interested in attending that show um, sign up right away. 
Um, they're basically taking a whole entire Marriott hotel, and it's all been reserved, and it's going to sell out pretty quickly. I think there's only room for 250 or 300 people at that show anyway. But those of you that are interested in attending one of these domain-related shows and hearing more about um, what's going on in our industry from the domainers themselves, the people that have been successful in the industry, the um, the people that are investing in the industry, the you know the Googles and Yahoos of the world who participated on panels at both of these shows, I suggest that you go there. And, of course, uh, there's a lot of sideshows coming up uh, that we'll be participating in, including uh, the Webmaster World Conference, where we'll be speaking on a panel regarding domain names and the DNS propagation, um, and the uh, SES event coming up in uh, San Jose, California, which is the Search Engine Strategy Show. So um, with that, uh, please uh, let me know if you want to hear uh, any particular topics. Uh, please email me at monty at moniker.com. And uh, with any ideas you have on the shows, and um, uh, I'll have a great show lined up for next week as well. And uh, I would like to wish everybody a great week and uh, be the master of your domain on Domain Masters. I'll see you here next Wednesday at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Bye-bye.